When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to a Celtic state of mind. I am delighted to be here. My name is Paul John Dykes, and I'm joined by Jerry Taylor on this Monday afternoon. Jerry, how are you? I'm great, my man. How's yourself? You must be shattered. You've been you were sending me uh, things we we're going to talk about today, about half past six this morning, and you were away doing your walk around Celtic Park again. Aye, brilliant. You know, it's, a great you, right? way, it's a great way to start your week. It's a brilliant way to start your week. Go up to Celtic Park, take a wee walk around the stadium, and then you can start your shift in the studio. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. The first and video was outstanding, mate. I absolutely loved it. Kudos to you. I don't know how you can do that. I'm a performer, and you did that all in one day. I'd have been bumping into statues, tripping up over curbs. It was real. I'm really looking forward to seeing tonight's one as well. I appreciate that. Um, th- there's obviously a wee bit of um, editing goes into it as well because there's a couple of cutaways, just giving away the trade secrets here, Jerry, that you'll be aware of. But a few folks said, I tell you what, for one take, it, it wasn't one take, all right? It wasn't one take. Uh, a few wee cutaways. But yeah, I was up at Celtic Park this morning. A beautiful morning it was as well, talking about the last week in the world of Celtic. And you know, this is what happens in the world of Celtic. By the time I get back to Dal Keith, um, we've signed a player. You know, we've announced to sign another player. So he was mentioned in this morning's show, which you'll see at six o'clock on the channel tonight. And we'll kick off with Yang. So Hyun Yun Yang has signed. He's been announced. It's a five-year deal. So we're getting the, the players in nice and young, Jerry, but uh, giving them big contracts, which is fantastic. Do you feel that more announcements are inevitable this week? Because there's no football this week until Saturday's game against Wolves. Well, I don't There's a rumour going about that we're... Don't jump on this because it's a rumour, as I say, but that we're announcing three players today. I've heard a few people saying this, but I don't know where it's came from. Or, but here, I'm really, really happy uh, signing this boy from... You never know what you're going to get. You never do. And like I always say on this show, that I'll watch as many YouTube compilations of them as possible. Because I think these do get used as scouting clips as well. But he, he looks a player, doesn't he? He does. You know, the, the good thing for me is I look at the four because I would expect Quan to, to follow him, you know, the other South Korean player. Uh, and let's let's be honest, this would have been the week that those two players would have been announced when we were on the second leg of our tour in South Korea. And it would have been a big announcement. But obviously, there's been photographs of both players on their way to Glasgow. One of them has been announced. We would expect the, the second one to be announced. And when that happens, I reckon you look at the four that we've got in the door already, alongside uh, Tilio and Home, and we'll come back to Home because he made his debut the other day. Um, of the four, even though these are you know prospects, and Brendan Rodgers has spoken about them as you know having bags of potential, 
it wouldn't surprise me if one of them ended up a right important pivotal player this season, one of the four. Yeah, I agree with you. I wrote that down last night. I was thinking, we've got Tilio in and he's been injured. And I'm thinking, when he, I think when he comes back from injury, it'll be like a new signing, even though he has a new signing. <laughs> Makes sense. He's the one that excites me the most just now. I think he's the one that I've watched as well more more of the compilations. Um, but I don't know something about him. But then again, I'm wrong about most of these things, so probably one of the other ones. Um, but I think they all look like solid signings. I didn't, unfortunately. I know we'll get to home, but. My my stream was rubbish, so the second half I didn't get to see as much of the play as I'd have liked to, so I couldn't really make any comment on home, but he was one that came with a really good reputation as well, like one mm-hmm. for the watching. Yeah. So I, I see, I'm excited that they're starting to come in now because I feel like we've been losing players to injury and obviously Jota, but now we seem to be getting some more flair players coming, coming in um, just to kind of give us a much more solid uh, squad. So yeah, I'm excited for this week to see what they're going to do. I'm st- I'm still hanging on to. Remember when they posted and it was the three the three mm. squares and the other oh. two were pending. Mm. What, what happened with that? That plays with my mental health. I've been scrolling <laughs> honestly. Going, stop playing. Where's myself. the other two deals? Where's the other two deals, Celtic? I know, but it just shows you how much we look into every nuance of Celtic, particularly when it's the preseason. Um, and I think. You know, you look at the players, as you say, you look at the data, you look at the, the content that you're able to to find online. 21-year-old South Korean Gang Won had already announced that he was away. Um, so, you know, there was an air of inevitability. It was just a matter of when this was announced. K-League Young Player of the Year. Um, and ov- obviously, once we get his uh, countrymen in, we'll have signed two right-wingers, two central defenders, defensive central defenders. Um, and Yang has played 71 games of senior football, scoring nine goals and grabbing five assists. So, yes, I wouldn't expect all four of them to play major parts this season, but you would hope that at least one of them uh, certainly would. And you know what? Simply because Jared brings him up, uh, on a regular uh, occasion. I'm going to go for Tilio as well. Listen, I'd love all four of them to make that impact. Uh, but it's pretty clear that they're there to bolster the squad. Even the way that Brennan Rodgers spoke about them, he was talking about them bolstering the squad. Um, I think there's there has to be uh, a number of signings now where the player that comes in is looking to get a game in the starting 11. And we'll, we'll come on to someone who we would expect to be arriving at the club Soon enough, you were talking about your stream there, uh, Jerry. We covered the game, and obviously, there was a disappointment after the first game. Um, there's always a disappointment if you get beat, but you know, the manner in which we we kind of shipped out six goals, um, it was very disappointing. We pulled as many positives as we could from that game, Maeda's hat trick, for example, uh, the performance of Abada, Hatati, O'Reilly, but there was a few disappointments, and I think the second game, um, much less so. And yeah, they're not as good as uh, Yokohama F Marinos. We know that they're maybe sitting about 18th in the league. Uh, but you know, overall, you've got to get as many positives as you can. This Japanese tour for me, you know, I think that it would have been better attended. And I think that you know it was a completely different uh, set of games because it was an Ange homecoming, if you know what I mean. He's going back to um, a country in which he he made a great success of his managerial career there. Um, so that was probably affected uh, by that, and also the ticketing that Liam has already mentioned. But it turned into for me adversely. It turned into a more important couple of games for Celtic because Brendan Rodgers comes in, and although the brand element of it might have suffered, Jerry. The actual football side of it became more important because Brendan is now assessing the squad. You know, I don't think there would have been as much assessment going on at this stage. And obviously there has now been. And of course, we changed the entire starting 11 at half time. From what you've seen, what was your observations of the game, the performance? That was a really good point, though, about Brendan coming in and getting more of a test um, for the squad as opposed to being at an exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the humidity, they look... There was times the Japanese players were stopping for a water break and we weren't. Um, but the fitness was looking really good at times. I jinxed it the first game because I came on at half time and said how oh, great I thought we were playing and we're looking really good and then we get bumped in the second half. So uh, don't get me on at half time this season, mate. <laughs> um, but the second game, yeah, first half, 
I said it before. There's some really good passages of play. You can see, you can see Brendan Rodgers' tactics kind of coming into fruition at times. It's a fast one-touch build-up play. The movement's been great. Uh, I was getting really excited about it. The, what I like best for the the second game was we've managed to keep a clean sheet mm-hmm. against a team who are midway through the season, and they are a decent squad. And we used a young team in the second half, giving the young boys a run out. That, that, that was really good to see. And, Hopefully Rogers has got some plans for a couple of them because I think he did say, I might be misquoting this. I think he said some along some of the young players have been great. A couple of them, especially, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So I think he's got he's gonna his eyes his eyes on a few of them for um, pushing them through uh, during the season. But yeah, it was good to watch. It's a great workout. The team's going to be absolutely knackered though. They've been what Port- Portugal? No, Portugal, Portugal two games. Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back home, jumping over to Ireland again. again. I, know, I, know. I mean, it's they're get they're, they're definitely getting their meals in. How's that going to affect them? Come, are they going to need another pre-season after pre-season, another break? That, that kind of worries me. I don't know if I want to see us travelling that far next pre-season. I mean, it's great commercially, but let's see how it affects the squad at the beginning. Because I do get worried about these things like fatigue setting and things like that. But we'll see. Uh, I enjoy balance. It's a balance, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. um, and as much as the club want to take the brand on the road, if you like, and, and go to Australia and Japan uh, and America previously, obviously we've done that many, many times. You're right. The travel is obviously going to have to be factored into the, the pre-season preparations um, because the, the key is that come the first kick of the ball against Ross County, it's Celtic Park. You want everybody to be fresh. You don't want any fatigue whatsoever by that stage. Um, but, you know, I do think it went from a brand exercise to something completely different when the manager changed. Um, and it was interesting. I, I checked this morning how many were at the, the Man City game uh, over there. 61,618. So kind of double the, um, the the attendance of our game. And I would need to check this, but I'm guessing that the ticket prices were the same. Um, I'm guessing that's probably all down to the, the promoter. But again, it's a for me, it's a sign of the times. The, the EPL is box office. It's like WWF wrestling, as we've said before. There's a new kid on the block when it comes to that. We'll, we'll maybe get into that with some big names being linked to um, Saudi as well. But um, I, I do think that the second half in particular, uh, as you say, with the young guys coming in, McPherson, Vata, uh, Lowell Summers a wee bit later obviously for the injury to McPherson and what I liked about and I said this after the game Jerry uh, Brendan Rodgers seemed to put a lot of focus on talking Rudy, uh, Rudy Vata's son I always go to call him Rudy Vata Rudy Vata's son Rocco through the game you could see him communicating with Rocco Vata uh, he may well be one of those players that, that he's identified as being someone that needs more first team involvement um, and just as an aside I think that uh, Lowell impressed quite a lot. I've seen that in the social media after the game. Um, he seemed to impress a lot the Celtic fans watching the game. But obviously with the news that we're about to sign um, Noroski, uh, and, and again, that might happen this week, I think Lowell is a player that needs to be playing games at a high level and therefore you loan him out for the season, Jerry. He's a guy that I don't think he's going to get ahead of Kobayashi, maybe even Welsh if they're still at the club. Therefore, get him out get him 40 games this season at a decent level because he does, he looks like he's got the fibre, he looks like he's a player. I don't know if he's got the pace at the top, top level, you know, that, that'll be proven in time, but he has looked pretty impressive. And if these young kids aren't going to be in and around the first team squad, then I think we've got to loan them out for a season. Yeah, I totally agree. I had to put you on mute. There's a dog outside barking away, so if you can hear it, let me know. It's a... Uh... I think my next door neighbour's dogs get separation anxiety. So, is that right? <laughs> aye, poor soul. Um, not as good as my wee dog in there. Uh, ask me that again, I threw myself. Oh, uh, yeah, but, but, well, well, I can't aye. see him pushing through. Like you said, he does need that that game time. Um, the pace is a big thing for me. He looks a bit kind of clumsy um, when he's turning, and I, I don't know if that's because he doesn't have any game time under his belt and he needs yeah. to go away and get that even if it's an SPF, uh, SPL, F, SPFL club I'm having a stroke today mate I think um, it'd be good to see maybe I don't know even a team like I don't know Air United I'm just plucking that one out because it's my home uh, my dad's team but it'd be good to see him get a game maybe Scottish League uh, Championship or 
away Division 2 or something like that. So I kind of keep changing my mind on him. Like I said, I had to ask you guys if he played well because my stream wasn't great. Mm. Um, he's one that I've always wanted to be good, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's about games of football at a level, and I've said previously that I would like, and I know it's not an exact science, I would like a lot of our loan players to play in our league for two reasons. They're playing at the level that, uh, the standard and the level that when they come back, you know, the, the transition's going to be easier. They're probably doing a lot more defending in that area of the park, um, but also they can do damage to your rivals, you know, because we have never played against Celtic, and like Liam Scales did last season, you can score a goal. You might be able to save a penalty. Um, so, yeah, that that is something that I would be pushing for. There are certain players, however, that probably would not be suited to that. Um, and we'll come to a couple of them as well. I'm going to bring up some of these comments. Stephen Sloan, because this is what I was talking about with regards to, to Saudi. Um, Yang has announced this morning how many more will be unveiled this week. Yeah, there, there is a feeling that uh, Kwon and also Noroski might come in this week, but football has officially gone absolutely insane. It's gone bonkers. Uh, Jungle Line touches on it. Uh, that Mbappe deal is worth 13 million euros a week. Um, and also you've got Stephen Sloan coming in. We are living in a world where I make £10.50 an hour as a support worker, and it looks like a player is going to be sold for 250 million quid. I just despair. Uh, you know, it was going to happen, and it's it's one of these things with football that there's a you, you've just got to look at um, you know Inter Miami and Messi signing for them, and and the brand arrangement in terms of you know content and everything else. Jerry, football at that level is a completely different beast, and then you start looking at when it comes to Champions League football, and I don't mean Inter Miami here; I mean the, the PSGs of this world. These are the teams that we're trying to compete with. And and they are not only on a different level; they're on a they're in a different universe financially when it comes down to it. And you know we've seen, obviously, with the Jota deal, um, how the Saudis are going to affect the whole landscape of European football. And you know some of the names that have been linked to uh, other teams over there in the last week since we last spoke. You know, Dembele might end up signing for Steven Gerrard's team. Uh, Jack Hendry apparently could be leaving Ronnie Dyla's Bruges and going over there as well. And on an individual basis, and we said this when Jota left, you cannot, you really, you know, you cannot criticise him for, for you know, a two or three year deal where at the end of the day, they, they could then play their football anywhere else. And um, financially, they've secured not just themselves, but... You know, it's generational wealth whereby their kids and their grandkids and so on will be secure financially. So I totally get it, right? And if the opportunity was there, you know, I would defy anyone to to turn it down, really. However, the flip side of that is how long can that go on and how far do they push that, Jerry? You know, because we talk about football losing its soul. You know, it was, um, and I'm going to use the term because it was a term that was uh, used at the time, it was a working man's sport. Obviously, that's changed because football was inclusive and uh, it's not just for men. Back in back in the day, the working man's sport is what it was called. That's been lost. The, the, the romanticism about football, I think this is why nostalgia uh, and retrospective uh, games and, and jerseys and, and times of a bygone era um, are, are things that we are now celebrating because the game has changed to that point, Jerry, where it's almost unrecognisable. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The football world has gone absolutely mad. It's 
you can't blame the players for going for money. Like you said, majority, you can totally understand. The money that some of them are on will provide for their great, 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 great grandchildren. It's crazy, crazy money. I'm trying to look at it in a way, I was trying to think of an analogy, you know, me with my analogies, but this one I'm thinking like, is it draining the swamp? Are the Saudis kind of draining the swamp? So there's been a few players that I can't remember who that have been linked and said, no, I'm turning down the money. I want to focus on my passion, which is the football. So if Saudi's taken away all these big, big name Charlies and, you know what I mean, all these spice boys that it's never been about the football, it's been the money. If they're all out of the equation, what does that leave us with? The real passion, great players still, but players with real passion, a dedication for their team and for football. I'm not saying that everyone that's moved to Saudi has not got a passion for football. You just need to look at Jota and the way he was with us um, around the fans, turning up at the locals. You know what I mean? He's got a passion for football, but he's a young guy and you can see why. But there's a lot of them. It's, you can tell it's just about the money. So let's see what we're left with. It could be a drain in the swamp type situation, but where's the ceiling for this? Is it going to be a case of we're, we're literally just buying football and there won't be a Champions League anymore because all of our best players are going to be in Saudi Arabia? So Saudi Arabia then create their own big, massive league involving Europeans, Americans, the lot, a world club championship, you know? I think that's what it's going to end up. Um, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. I mean, how have they... There's, there's so much money... <laughs> It's crazy. And yeah. like I said, like the man that's put up there, he's a support worker and gets £10.50 an hour. I get that. I get why it sickens people. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, nobody's really got any control of it. So these teams are going to buy and they're going to do what they want to do. And we just need to get on with it. But I'll not be watching it. I'm not no. going to be watching the league. No, I, I wouldn't watch it either, Jerry. I mean, th th there was a point in English football where it sickened me to the point where I, I no longer watch English football. I mean, Liverpool could be playing Manchester United live and I won't watch it. I just, you know, it's, for me, it has lost its soul. And um, I think what you do is you, you kind of, you, you re-strategize as a club like Celtic. But the one thing we're not there yet with regards to um, honing our own talent is we're still going out and buying 21-year-olds from all over the world um, who are being brought in as prospects who have got 70, 80, 100 games under the belt because we haven't developed our own talent who at that age should be. And Peter Grant spoke about it in the commentary at the weekend there. You know, at 17, he said that players at Celtic would be looking about thinking, well, if I've not played for the first team, I've not got a future. That was at 17. And Grant made his debut at that age. Uh, Paul McStay made his debut. Derek White made his debut at that age. Roy Aiken, who we'll be speaking to on Friday night. There's your plug. Um, yes. He made his debut at 16. Now you've got players, we're talking about Labo, like he's a youngster. Labo's 20-year-old. You know, and he's played something like two appearances for Celtic. Is he so, 20? I didn't know that. So, I mean, at the moment, we're not quite there, Jerry, but I think that we're at the beginning, we're at the cusp of that situation where we look at Celtic internally and we say, right, we need to maybe look at our own strategy and, and it, it's all about um, honing our own talent so that, you know what, if there's two or three leagues that are chucking money at it, they might want to chuck money at our players that, that we've actually produced. Um, and then you, you have a... Um, you know, a, an academy that's renowned again. Celtic always did. You look at the players that we sold during the the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies. We had we we did rear youngsters, and then into the eighties with the likes of Charlie Nicholas. Thankfully, Paul McStay never uh, flew the nest. It dried up in the nineties, of course, and then we had an, another uh, swathe of players. You know, not as regularly, of course. You know, Aidan McGeady, Sean Maloney, Kieran Tierney, um, where we've produced players and I think that's what Celtic can do to combat it and then you get some of the, the crumbs from these big spending uh, leagues now sometimes you, you say uh, uh, things on Axom you make decisions uh, you give opinions and you think in the fullness of time what was I thinking and I'm going to ask you the question right <laughs> um, oh David, no what David Turnbull is in my list of 10 players that Celtic <sighs> could offload right uh -huh. and uh, one of them, one of the other players is Liam Shaw. Liam Shaw has teamed up with the aforementioned Sean Maloney at Wigan. He's over there now for a, a one-year loan deal, which I think is fair enough. Uh, but David Trumbull was on that list, and he was the only one really, Jerry, on the list who had played any any amount of football last season. The rest of them were on there 
because they weren't contributing. But I looked at Turnbull, I looked at his contract situation, the lack of game time last season, and I thought, you know, for the benefit of him and the fact that he still has a value, so to protect your asset, it's maybe best for all parties for him to go. And then he scores that goal against Yokohama. Uh, didn't, he, didn't celebrate it. He starts the game against Gamble Osaka. And for me, he was Celtic's best player in the first half. Is he going to be one of the players that Brendan Rodgers can resurrect? I I think he does this all the time. Sorry, I do this all the time. I think he's not going to do it. And then he, he proves, proves us wrong. Mm-hmm. It's pre-season right enough, but... Looks a bit annoyed, doesn't he? I he didn't. Looked... He didn't like celebrate the goal. And I know. Listen, we were six three down at the time. Um, everybody's in sweltering and heat. I get all that, but you just think that you know we become body language experts, obviously, at this point, and we're looking. I'm trying to decipher whether or not he's enjoying himself. Yeah. Um, but that performance, there was a moment, Jerry, in the first half against Gamble Osaka. <laughs> where he picked the ball up probably in the right-hand side of the park, about on the halfway line, and he turns and dinks a pass over the top, up up over the top to Abada, that was sensational. It was a tremendous piece of football. And then I'm thinking, right, I want to see the... Re- because it wasn't 100% clear to me who it was, and I'm thinking that's that's a, a Hatati pass, if I ever <laughs> saw one. And then when I seen the replay, it was David Turnbull, and I'm thinking, all right, he's obviously, you know... For me, if he proves me wrong, absolutely delighted, Jerry. He does look like the type of player that Brendan... See, we need to stop using the word project when we talk about signings because project now is when Brendan Rodgers looks at a player and thinks, right, he's one of my projects, I'm going to resurrect his career because that's what he's done all the way through his managerial stroke coaching career. And I'm now of a view, listen, I know it's only 45 minutes, I know it's a bounce game. You know, Rodgers could work his magic on this boy. So are you taking your list down to nine? Is it official? I'm sticking with the ten. I'm <laughs> sticking with the ten. But I think this is the one that could be the humble pie. This could be the, you know, uh, getting pied at some point in the pre-season when he starts uh, starting games and, and bossing games. But like you say, and like we need to keep saying this, we want to be wrong about every single player that we think won't make the cut. We want to be wrong. Definitely. If they're at Celtic, they're part of our club, and we want them to do well. Being realistic sometimes, folk don't like to hear it. But I'll, like, especially with Turnbull, prove me wrong. And I think he will. I think he will now after that one. I'll flip-flop on this every single episode, mate. <laughs> on you. Uh, well, hopefully you do it some game time. You but do it based, again, based on evidence, Jerry. You do it based on what you're seeing. So, right. I mean, if he then starts playing well, you can change your mind. You absolutely can. The worst thing in, in the world when it comes to football and talking about football is when somebody makes a decision on something, and regardless of the evidence that's then presented, they'll just stick by that decision they made. They won't yeah. change their opinion. <laughs> so <laughs> Turnbull, for me, so far, in the, in the two performances in Japan, anyway, from what I've seen, he's done well. He's done his, his chances no harm and being a Celtic player under Brendan. And uh, I just think that he is that type of player. We know how much quality he possesses. Hopefully Brendan can tap into the well there. Um, he's got some ping on him, doesn't he? Unbelievable. He really Unreal. By the way, so, I will get to keep going. I've got a note about Bernabeu. Oh, yes. Uh, we Bernie. Uh, interesting. We Bernie. <laughs> we Bernie. <laughs> he's got a nickname, which means he's staying. Right, so we've got Pancho McCafferty coming in on the on the YouTube. If you want to make a comment on Axom at any time, you want to make a comment in the live chat, just subscribe to the channel. It's free. Um, we go live every single weekday. We cover all the games, pre-match, post-match, half-time. And our latest show which isn't a live show, it's a it's a video, fully produced show, um, it's called A Wander Round Paradise, which uh, will be with you at six o'clock tonight. So everything we do on the channel is free. If you want to comment, just subscribe to the channel. Um, Pancho, hello from the Overberg in South Africa. I'm always interested to hear where people are tuning in from, Jerry. That's mad. What is time, it? I know, it is. And we've also got uh, a dismal Lester, Ian Laurie, um, so the the nick the nick you as well, Ian, did they? Aye, from a dismal Leicester. Um, who's your second team doing there? Do you support an, an English football team? Ian, let us know. Um, Tobago. This is the best CSC name and location ever. The Tobago Street Police Station, Celtic Supporters Club. Um, things bubbling away nicely at Celtic. So looking forward to this season. Yeah. Listen, so am I. So am I. Absolutely. And um, 
we've we've uh, concluded the Japanese tour. We're, we're coming back, obviously, to play Wolves over in Dublin. And I'm really looking forward to that game as well because, again, um, I think we should be visiting Ireland far more often. That is a destination for pre-season for me every year. Go over to Ireland, play some games over there. Um, good opposition, you know, in a, in a very, very good quality league. And I think that we won't have that situation, Jerry, where we swap the team at half time. You know, the loving come off, the loving go. It's like watching two games of football. The rhythm is affected. I can see why they're doing it. I don't think we'll get that against Wolves, but I'm going to ask you the question about Burnaby. We Burnaby, right? Um, so 22 years of age, um, as well as left back, he has played quite a bit of football in the left uh, hand side of midfield. We signed him for around £4 million. We know he's the first Argentinian to play for Celtic. So last season, 19 appearances in his debut season, he averaged 60 minutes per appearance, one goal, three assists. And at the weekend there, I'm looking at the way that we have deployed the fullbacks. It's an interesting one because Ange Postacoglu played with the inverted fullbacks. It was one of the things that was his trademark. Um, and I was watching that first half, and from what I observed, any um, ta- tacticians in the comments can maybe correct me on this, I felt that Taylor was still playing that role, but Awata probably wasn't. But then I was thinking, that's maybe down to the fact that Taylor has played that role and Awata hasn't, you know, because why try and put him in a, a kind of position he's not uh, that used to, although he has played right back previously, and then ask him to play a different version of that position. So I, I felt that uh, on the right-hand side, Awata was more of a overlapping right-back, whereas Taylor was playing the inverted role that we uh, that he's familiar with. And then Burnaby, I'm looking at him thinking to myself, you know, he probably would, he would probably be better suited to the Awata role, even though he plays on the left-hand side. He finds himself having marked a post old school, he finds himself on the right-hand side of the park and he tries one of the Hollywood passes, Jerry, which ended up like most of my passes and it ended up going into an area of the park that you weren't really planning for it to to bounce into. But what he showed at that point, he obviously rectified the error, but what he showed was what I think Brennan Rogers is looking for. He's talking about aggression. So you can use words like desire and drive and passion, but there was an aggression about him. It was like, wait a minute, I've messed up here. I'm going to put it right, even if it is, I'm going to be right down the throat of that fullback, and then I'm going to be right down the throat of the goalkeeper. And he scores the goal. I don't know about you, Jerry, but I was cheering. It's a friendly, a bit of a meaning. I'm cheering for the guy because I love to see that, especially in the modern game. You know, people are like, how do you know about a player's attitude? That's attitude. That's what that comes into. That's not something you can see on a data sheet. You know, you can't analyze it. That's just, that's something that passes the eye test. And I, I was delighted for Bernabe. And you know what? If he's done it with Tate David Turnbull and rewarded him for a bit of play late in the game, I think he should do the same with Bernabe. Give him a start against Wolves on Saturday. I agree with you, mate. I'll, I'm starting to really love the boy. Um, did you see Brendan's reaction, though? I know. Right. Brilliant. Now, this takes me on to this, right? So, episode... Uh, Axum episode, the one that's called Maida commits to Celtic as Brendan Rodgers awaits further, right? 33 minutes, 20 seconds in, I predict that Burnaby is going to be a favourite with Brendan Rodgers because of the way that he reacts in, on oh, the training super. pitch, right? Super. Watch his reaction after the goal. It wasn't just a reaction of, yes, that's what I want from a player. It's, it's as if that was my boy that did that. Yeah, I, I really think that he's got a soft spot for him. I'm, I've got a soft spot. I think, I don't know, um, I, I didn't even click that he was on the right hand side for that goal actually mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the, the the determination I mean to to do that, that, that do you know what it reminded me of that reminded me of when one of your mates got right pissed off in one of the school games you remember that they just start scrapping oh, give me the, I'm taking this game back it was Aye. unreal I want, I want to see more now Laura who I think is fantastic on this um, she kind of brought me crashing down to earth when she said she would rather that he didn't, he would have made the the the, the silky pass than having to fix his error. And I totally get what she's saying, but I'd take that every game off him. Honestly, I just like just like you said, I was cheering. I've been cheering <laughs> all the games in pre-season. Well, most of them. Most well, of them. but like you say, the reaction, right? So so Brendan Rodgers comes in. And there's going to be certain things that he takes a, a shine. He's going to take a shine to certain players. And it could be down to attitude. It could be down to just the way that they conduct themselves, Jerry, before they've kicked the ball. And he's maybe looked at 
Bernabe, and, and by the way, we know that his first season, as well as not getting that many appearances, really, when you look at it, um, there were other aspects of that. You know, you know, there was a, a close family member passed away. He's obviously on the other side of the world. Um, he said a, he said he had a baby with his partner. Um, you know, it's no, you know, it's no mystery that he was in trouble with the police as well. He got, he got locked up. So, you know, in the first season, there's all these things happening as well as trying to settle into Celtic, as well as trying to embrace the culture of Scotland. All these other things happening, and I think now because it's so easy to have the knee jerk, that guy's no good enough. And by the way, I still think the jury's out, especially when it comes to defending. But I think what Brendan will do is he'll reward. David Turnbull for scoring his goal. He would reward Benaby for that passion and that drive, which resulted in the goal. Um, and I would like to see him um, maybe playing a more traditional fullback role. Uh, I don't know if I want to see him with the ball in the centre circle playing as an inverted fullback, almost like in the midfield. I think that he's the type of guy who'll do an overlap. You know, he'll play what um, one twos with, with whoever's playing in the in the uh, left kind of wing position, be that Forrest or Maeda or Haxabanovich who will come to. And I, I just want to see him playing with a bit of freedom. And uh, as I say, I don't think he'll be the best defender in the world. But you know what? I've said it before. Frimpong wasn't the best defender in the world. And he's doing all right, you know, <sighs> playing as play, playing as one of these wingers that bombs on. Um, so, yes, there are going to be players that we don't fancy that change our mind. And Bernabe might be one of them. You, you've taken a shine to him as well, haven't you? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have eyes, can I? I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, see, sometimes with me, it's not just how they play. It's like how they conduct themselves. And looks like a wee kind of tough guy. I don't know. He's got that kind of South American battle about him. And a, a, tough, a tough wee guy like Scrappy do. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Exactly, <laughs> mate. He's not been given the body that he needed for football. He's like, here we go. He's got a lot of passion. I didn't know he'd lost a family member. And do you know that's a big thing, isn't it, mate? Mm-hmm. It's, Especially when you're over here and obviously it's I, not like you can just jump on a train, you know? No, and you forget, like we've spoken about this before, the players are human beings as well. Yeah. And yeah. We, we don't put into that. I mean, even somebody could have a bad game, they go up in the morning and, I don't know, their missus has been texting someone else. That could be happening to those players as well. You know what I mean? It could be a family death. Especially if you're in the same team as John Terry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I I really like the guy. Um, I, I'm I'm hoping that he does really well this season. However, I'm conflicted because I love Greg Taylor. I love Greg Taylor. Exactly. But are, are either of them good enough to push us in Europe? This is the thing. I'm going on about how I love our two left backs, but I also think we need another one in. Well, we know that Brendan has spoken about uh, the prodigal son, Kieran Tierney. He has spoken about him. We've spoken about him on here a few times as well. So I'm not sure if there's a shortlist with left-backs on it. Tony Cassidy will also be strong. I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it's a completely different game. Uh, back on home turf as well, Celtic uh, going over to Ireland as well. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, game. We'll be covering it, obviously, as we always do. Half an hour before kickoff, we will be doing the pre-match and we'll be watching and commenting at halftime and full-time as well. Now, we'll stick on the left-hand side then, right? So Maeda, who became almost a permanent fixer out there for Ange, and he was a very specific style of player. If you were to ask most Celtic fans who watched him last season, they would describe him along the lines of tireless worker, you know, he, you know, he pushes the, the line so far high up the park. Um, you know, you would always, he was one of the first names on the team sheet against Rangers, for example, I think, Maeda. He gave you something that, was was just a tireless performance every single time. Um, maybe you didn't want him to to get that moment where you get a chance and it's an instinctive chance. Maybe you didn't want that, but he, he brought a lot to the table. And what we've seen over the last couple of games is a different a different version of Maeda, the Maeda that the Japanese national team deploy through the middle. Um, and I think he, he's looked like a completely different beast. But what it's also done, Jerry, is it's shown us 
a couple of their other options out left. Now, we know that Mikey Johnson's injured, um, so he's not appeared, but but Forrest, and this is what I want to do. So in the first half, James A. Forrest, whose testimonial is coming up a week, a week tomorrow, he plays out left, and I thought he had a really good first half. Half-time, he comes off, and Haksabanovic is brought on. Now, the thing with Haksabanovic is Kevin McCluskey was um, waxing lyrical about him uh, during one of the, the match day streams. And I actually cut him off a wee bit. I says, but why? Why do, you, why do you rate him so much? What's he done that means you rate him so highly? Because if Haksabanovic was Mikey Johnston and, and he got player of the month in November and he was turning out performances like we've been seeing from Haksabanovic, he'd be on his back. So why is he getting a bit of a free ride here? And it's not about being overcritical of players. I want to figure out if Haksabanovic is a Celtic player. I want to figure out if that's the case, what's his best position? I'm not convinced it's the left-hand side. I don't think he's a left winger. I didn't see enough again against Gamba Osaka. I think that Forrest showed him up. He had a much better first half. You've got your own theory on him, haven't you? Shite analogy time. Here we go. So... I'm trying to figure it out, right? Haksabanovic, we know he's a good player. Where does he fit in? To me, he's like the, the spare leftover screw from an IKEA flat pack, right? You know it probably should go somewhere and probably could go somewhere, but you also know you probably don't really need it. You know, one of those? And it's like you could replace it with any of the other screws. Maybe where does, you just don't know where it goes. You know that it probably does have a use. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> but... To me, that's what it's like. It's like, where where, do we, where does he go? He had some flashes, some really good goals. But for me, it's not been consistent enough. And at Celtic, you can have a, maybe a couple of games where you're not showing it, but not. He's consistently inconsistent. And I'm, I was a fan. I think it's fading away for me now. And I think if we can move him on and... Where does he go? This is the thing. Where, where does he fit in? Is he a... I don't think he's a 10, do you? I don't, I'm just not sure. Um, I feel like he tries really hard, sometimes too hard maybe. But for me, I'm bothering on maybe, I don't know, not, not even alone because I don't think he's a type of player to loan and then mm. come back. So for me, I think I want him to go, mate. But I'll probably change my mind after the next game. Yeah, but and you're all right, you're okay to do that if, if he starts performing. Of course, yeah. I, I just think that what it's highlighted for me, um, taking Maida away from the left hand side, we knew that that Jota's left, so it's, it's going to leave something um, to deal with on the right hand side. And I think once we speak about Abada, he has come in and he ha- has been, you know, for me one of the best looking players this preseason so far. Another one I'm going to put in the category of of the Turnbull or the Bernabe where. Brennan Rogers takes him under his wing and, and really develops him and, and probably convinces him as well, Jerry, that we know you want to play for Liverpool, son, but you're not good enough yet. I've been the manager of Liverpool. I, I'm telling you right now, if you were in my squad, you wouldn't be getting a game. But seeing about a year after I've worked with you for a year, you could be that player. And I think that he'll start the mind games because he's good at that as well, isn't he, <laughs> Brennan Rogers? Um, but Haksabanovic, I think uh, seeing him and seeing Forrest getting a run out on the left-hand side in the absence of Maeda, who's been through the middle, has really made me decide, uh, regardless of what happens with that individual player, we need to strengthen on the left because you're either asking James A. Forrest to play out of position, and I, I thought he played well, but it's not his natural position, right? Um, or you are playing Haksabanovic, who at the moment doesn't look as though he's going to be that effective. And then below that, you've got Mikey Johnson, who knows what's going to happen with Mikey when he comes back from fitness. So I think that when I'm looking at where else we need to strengthen, that's definitely a position at the moment that we need to bring in a wee bit more quality. Um, now, some of, the, some of the wingers that we're bringing in can switch. They can switch wings. And that's what I thought was a brilliant part of Jota's game. We'll all have our opinions on which side was his strongest, but he can switch positions. And I think that if you've got that um, and you're at Celtic, you're going to play more games. And the guys that don't have that inevitably don't have as many games. Yakamakis was an example of it. O, I think, is an example of that, where you're so rigid in where you play. If the guy in front of you is playing better, you're on the bench. Mm. So I think that um, if you've got that adaptability that we've seen with the Japanese players, where Awata so far has played centre-half, centre-mid, right-back for us, Hatate has played, you know, centre mid. He's played 
left back for us. Um, if you've got that adaptability, you'll play more games. But this also leads us to the other position that I thought was a priority, Jerry, and that was a central defensive area. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is Big Carter Vickers is injured, as we know, and when he's not there, we are a different team. He is the keystone to the whole operation at the back. And for me, take him out of that, even Joe Hart looks like a different a different beast. So we've all been talking about a centre-half, and we were then linked to Noroski, and it looks as though that deal is going to happen. It's going to be a player who's going to cost us a few quid. Legia Warsaw is where he is at the moment. He's played 60 games for them, five goals. I like that in a defender. I like you know getting a goal here and there. I don't know if we've seen enough of that from Starfelt, somebody's going to pull up the stats and say he scored just as much. Uh, four assists, 22 years of age, Polish. Um, he spent a wee bit of time at Varta Poznan and he came through the youth academy system at Werder Bremen. So first and foremost, what does this mean for two centre-halves we've already got in Stephen Welsh and Kobayashi? Mm-hmm. I, I like how you said that Carter Vickers is the keystone of the defence and when he's no there, we turn into the keystone cops. <laughs> They're back. That's true. That is so true, aye. <laughs> um, Kobayashi, I was uh, last week saying that I think he's going to be a big player for us this season. Or a big player this season. I didn't say for us, because we might have to put him out on loan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Kobayashi, let's talk about Starfield. Who's after? There was a story just this morning, and I, I was looking at the source of the story, uh, and I'm not sure how much... <laughs> I would actually believe it, to be honest, because yeah. they're talking about the destination being, is it Spartak, Moscow? And you ask yourself, um, are they putting two and two together here and getting five? Yes, Spartak, Moscow. And I think that, you know what, right, he's at that age where, and I heard a few people talking like this about Kyogo, by the way, uh, 28 years of age, oh, the right time to sell and all this, and the, the transfer fee around Kyogo that people were discussing was $16 million. And I was away at the time and I wasn't happy with that chat. I just thought, no, wait a minute. You know, he's worth more than that for a kickoff. And he's just entering that period, that sweet spot, the prime of his powers, the peak of his powers. Why would we sell him? And also, you know, you just need to look at some of the ages of his um, Japanese uh, compatriots and, and say to yourself, well, 28's no age at all. Nakamura has just retired. You've got a few players in Japan playing and they're in their 50s, Jerry. Um, so 28's no age at all. And I think that, you know, because they come into the senior game that wee bit later, I think it extends their career. Um, there'll be other factors in there as well. But, you know, I wasn't happy about it. And I know that Starfelt falls into the same age category. He's got a couple of years left on his deal. But I'm not sure how much truth is in that because I always yeah. look at the sources and I look at the destination and I think, really, Spartak Moscow, you, you're going to go and join that league? I don't know. I don't think there's much truth in it. Is well, it a case of to... someone throwing a bit of a spanner in the works in the in the media? Usually it is, isn't it? But then I, I was like, right, who's Jacinta signed for? Is she going to Russia? Because if that <laughs> she's, going case... to, she's going to Portu- <laughs> Portugal. 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 That's all right. And I don't think he'll go to Russia. <laughs> I think he'll go. Um, Starfield got better and better, didn't he? He just he became more solid. He was less a, a bomb scare at times and that. And I'm a huge fan, especially him and uh, Carter Vickers together. I think from here on right, Carter Vickers is back in training. Oh, that's was sensational. That... Sensational, true, because... If true, if true, but yeah. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard that he went back in training this morning, light training, but I don't, again, I don't know how true it is. Because um, he can't even... The media, they're just copying and pasting other people's tweets these days, so you never really know but the truth of it is. Um, but, yeah, the boy coming in from... What what, what Polish team is it again? Uh, he's coming in from Legia Warsaw. Is that Boris's old team? Yes, they've it is. Got, it they've is. always got a good pedigree of defenders in Poland, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the guy. And like I say, it's a bit of competition. It gives us a bit more, uh, a bit more choice. And uh, maybe the likes of Welsh, uh, Kobe Ashe, it'll up their game and train or might have an adverse effect bringing the players in and they might wave a white flag especially Welsh um, I can see him moving on now if we mm. are bringing this other guy in um, maybe I'd like to see another one come in maybe two well when I look at him I think to myself right he's a guy that's going to be pushing for a jersey he's going to be pushing for Starfield's jersey as it happens and for me you don't you don't at that stage then sell 
Starfield. You, you want to have that competition. And then I, I'm asking myself, well, there's three centre-halves, Katowicz, Starfield and, and Nurowski. Um, what happens to the rest of them? I've already said I think Lowell needs to get out there and play 40 or 50 games in a season. Um, where I'm not too sure where, where that would be. But you definitely want it to be at a higher level than the fifth tier of Scottish football, uh, which is where he's playing at the moment. Um, and then you look at Stephen Welsh. We know the interest has been in there. Hell ass Verona, Udinese, Toulouse. He's, he's popping up on the radars of clubs around Europe. You know, there'll be no shortage of clubs interested in him and, and Kobayashi. So then I look at those two and I think, well, I I, I do like Stephen Welsh. I do. I, you know, I, I've championed him. I think there's areas of his game that he needs to improve on. But I think if he was to go, he would be a more successful player in terms of an individual. I'm not saying he's going to win more trophies, right? Because if you're a squad player at Celtic, you can leave with, you know, 16 trophies in your hip, 15 trophies. Um, so I don't mean in that, that in that respect. What I mean is, if he goes, I think he can kick on. He can play a lot more football. He'll, I think, inevitably break into the Scotland squad. You know, he showed up really well in the under-21s. He captained under-21s. Um, and I think it will be a permanent move for, for Stephen Welsh. We keep Starfelt and we keep Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see Kobayashi turning into another Ediguchi where we just think, all right, OK, put him back into Japanese football, it's not worked out. Mm-hmm. He looked, for me, he looked a wee bit better, I think, in the environment in the first game against Yokohama. It was so unfortunate that he got his injury. But I don't think I'm ready to write him off. And by the way, with Welsh, that's based on the lack of football we had last season. Six games he played last season. That's not enough for a boy of his age. So he needs to go and play elsewhere. Um, and he's got bragging rights. See, when you think about it, now you mentioned it, how many winner's medals that Welsh has got, right? Exactly, yeah. Any team he goes to, there's a high chance he'll be the most successful player in that dressing room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He hasn't played all the game as many games, but he's got that experience of being in championship winning squads, treble winning squads. Yep. So I think he'd be a good buy for a lot of teams. And it would like we've spoken about this, it'd be great for him, great for his national career. Um and who knows? Maybe if he goes away and gets experience, he could come back as a big solid defender for us one day. Yeah, I mean Michael the boy also throws in skills, throws that hat into the ring. Skills I thought was brilliant. In, in the game against Gamba Osaka, I thought he played yeah. really, really well. But there's still talk around Aberdeen. And I remember talking to a couple of Aberdeen fans last season, and it was pretty clear Celtic were certainly not going to make a loss on the player. And we paid about half a million for him. So they were wanting at least half a million back. And you've got to ask, will Aberdeen pay that price? And, you know, generally speaking, I don't think they will. I mean, imagine Aberdeen signed Liam Skills from Shamrock Rovers for half a million. It would raise a few eyebrows, right? He's come to Celtic. He's had a you know a topsy turvy season last season based on the fact that he was playing with Aberdeen. I mean, you go from getting beat against Darville to beating Rangers two nothing and scale scoring up and down. But since Barry Robson went into Aberdeen, I mean, they, they, they still came third in the league. I think next season they will again be the third force in the league. I think Barry Robson's made a really good impression uh, since he's come in. Will they be looking for a loan? Do Celtic want to loan him out? But fair point, Michael the boy, we shouldn't really write him off and not discuss him when we're talking about centre-halves. And I do I do think that he had a good game. I really do think he had a good game. But back to Noroski, you were asking, you know, who, who are we signing from? Legia Warsaw. Now, we've signed previously four players from Legia Warsaw. And See if I can players, guess. Ah, all right, there you go. Aye, go for it. You've already mentioned one of them. Right, Boric. Simunovic, no? No, he came from Croatia, Zagreb. Ah, oh, I'm not going to get these. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Uh, right, the, aye, first, the, the first two, right, were part of Poland's um, 1986 World Cup squad and they signed for Celtic in 1989. Oh, I know who is, but I can't remember. Go for it, give me them, because I'll just... The first one, the playboy, Jackie Jakonowski. Ah. Famous or infamous uh, for scoring the four goals against Partizan Belgrade when we beat them 5-4. But we got knocked out in away goals after a 6-6 draw. I wasn't at that game. That was one of the games I really regret not being at because I was on holiday and I was at Butlins. You know, everything comes back to Butlins, Jerry. And I watched the highlights that night. I'm surprised I never bumped into you. What year was this? 1989. 1989. Oh, yeah. I was, I was six. Were you? 
You might have bumped into us. There might be an image somewhere of me greeting behind Roy Aiken because I never got my photo taken. I probably drove past you when we, uh, my mum drove past you. I'd have been in the boot of the car, remember, getting into buttons. Oh, smuggled. Was, I was hidden in the boot. <laughs> smuggled, I love that story. Um, and the player that he didn't sign with Jackanoski, but it was around about that time, was a left-back, Darius Dovchik. Uh, and I remember reading a, a Billy McNeil autobiography, I think it was Hail Caesar, and he spoke about his disappointment at Dufjek because he had so much natural talent. And by the way, he was a decent player for Celtic. He played for a bad Celtic team, but he was disappointed in you know his application. He said he could have achieved so much more um, at Celtic. So you had Jack Anoski, Shuggy, as he was called, Dufjek. <laughs> um, Arthur Boric, who you mentioned before, and a player who played with Boric, Joseph Juranovic. Oh, Juranovic, so it was. Remember the picture of them cuddling in the, the dressing room? Oh, when he was leaving. Great. So, Juranovic. And I'm going to ask you the player of the four, who was your favourite that was signed Boric. from Verda? Oh, Mate, no hesitation. No, see, when you get, I was thinking about this the other night. I was like, if I had to pick from me being a Celtic fan in my era, who's had the biggest impact on me? And it was Arthur Boric because I honestly idolised the guy. Like, I, was, I would have been still in my. Late twi- mid to late 20s, and I was still like a pure fanboy, obviously because of his antics, right? But the saves he would pull off were just unreal. Um, one of the biggest characters we've ever had, like watching him going back to Poland and in amongst all the fans, still cheering his team on. I've been trying to get in touch with this guy for a couple of years now because I want to write a play called The Holy Goalie. I mean, he's just so much about the guy. Um, wow. I think definitely. Do you know what I loved about him as well? He made us proud. Remember when they were playing Germany, Poland, Germany? He's pulling off all these saves, man. And you're just, everyone's like, who's this keeper? Who is this keeper? I'm like, ah, he's one of us. He loves Celtic. And, <laughs> and and there was an edge to him, Jerry. There was a real edge to, to Boric, you know, and that's what feeds into the cult player. You know, people become cult icons because sometimes. I, I tried to explain it before. Sometimes it's a player, and I think Boric probably falls into this category, who has undeniable talent, right? He's so, so talented, but he probably doesn't apply himself that well. And Gordon Strachan told a story about him where he, he was trying to find him at half time, they couldn't find him, and he was in the cubicle having a smoke. He was just sitting there having a smoke, right? I don't know if his goalie gloves were still on. I hope they were. Just sitting there, smoking away. Um, and Strachan said, this goalkeeper could be the best in the world. He said, but his application and his professionalism wasn't there. And that often is what we like about them because we've got, they've got more in common with us, mere mortals, yeah. than we think, right? Uh, Where they maybe don't have the best diet, they maybe drink too much, and obviously Boric liked their smoke as well. Yeah. Or the flip side of that, and some of the elements to Bernabe's goal, I, I would maybe suggest, is the player who isn't blessed with the natural talent, but he always, always applies himself. He would run through the proverbial brick wall for you, and he becomes a cult hero. Anton Rogan, for example, yeah. uh, one of those players. You know, so you've got the Paddy McCourt, you've got the Anton Rogan. But um, yeah, Boric was an absolute cult hero, oh. and um, I loved, I, I really loved him. Brown Warrior comes in here. Uh, mind Dovjek coming to a CSC doing Rothsey, and his <laughs> wife was like, you know what? No wonder, because <laughs> it is an experience, let's be honest. Um, and, and the story, I remember, I, I might actually fire this up on a blog. It was really interesting. When I started digging about Jack Anoski, um, you know, when he was playing for Legia Warsaw, it was, um, they called him the Polish George Best. That's what they called him. Um, and again, liked to drink. He was a bit of a womanizer, was, was Jackie. And, um, he was wanted by Inter Milan at this time. And there was something preventing Polish footballers from signing for European or continental clubs. And I need to check that out. There was some political issue. And for a period of time, they were not to leave Poland, right? Oh, and it was right. during that period. And I want to say it was 84, 85. But Inter Milan were trying to sign Jack and Oski. They, they thought the guy was going to be an absolute god. We eventually got him in 89. He showed sparks of that. Um, you know, I remember he was filling out some kind of PFA thing and Neely Mocking, I wrote Neely's biography, looked over his shoulder and he was writing down all the clubs. And so he was writing down Legia Warsaw, Celtic. And Neely goes, you forgot one. What is it? Victoria's. Because he was never out of Vicky's in Glasgow. 
<laughs> him and Paul Elliott never out the place. So yes, we love a bit of that. We love a bit oh, of that. And hopefully well, Noroski can also be taken to our hearts uh, mm-hmm. as a centre half, who is pushing for a first team jersey. Uh, when it comes to Liam Scales, though, I'm still weighing it up. Terrible. So on, you're yeah. on the fence? Terrible. No, Scales, weighing it up. It was just a really bad joke, mate. Go into your comments. <laughs> no, you're fine. It was fine. It just went like that. There we go. The wordsmith. It went right over my head. Tony Cassidy, PJD, red coat at Butlins. Yeah, well, if you want to see me doing my red coat bit, I will be on the stage on Friday night. I might even wear a red coat, Tony, now that you mentioned that. Um, we're really aching. Roy Aiken, a hero of the centenary season. And when you just look at the fact, I, I wrote during the week about him making his debut at 16. He was the youngest ever Celtic at that time. And I know that there's been a few Celtic players. In fact, it's a, a, a wee bit of trivia. Um, who has made an appearance after Roy Aiken, who was younger than him? And I was trying to rack my brains because at one point, John Kennedy was the youngest ever Celtic. So he was younger than uh, Roy Aiken. Really? And, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know. yeah. And, and there was a player, I'm sure, Mark Fotheringham, who played for Celtic at the age of 16. But the, none of them are the youngest player now. The youngest player is Jack Aitchison. So Jack Aitchison is the youngest ever player. And um, What was we Dembele? What age was he when we played him? He was 16. He was 16. 16. Yeah, but it would have been plus X amount of days and he was a wee bit older. Ben oh. Doak as well, another 16-year-old Ben Doak. Um, Brian McLaughlin, the original Brian McLaughlin who played in the 70s, he was 16 as well. But yeah, Jack Aitchison is the youngest ever Celtic at the moment. But I will be joined on stage by Roy Aiken on Friday night. I'm really looking forward to it. And before I came on live, Jerry, I had a look at the ticket situation. 22 tickets left. So they're 15 quid. The link is underneath the, the video. Be fast if you want to come and see Roy Aiken with a Celtic state of mind at Barra's Art and Design. You've also got a show coming up, Jerry. Tell us a wee bit about it. I do. We've got a show called Singing I'm No I Billy. She's a Tim uh, on at the Pavilion Theatre in Glasgow on the 1st and 2nd of September. We've got three shows. There's two night shows and there's a matinee show on the Saturday. Um, so I, I'm the director. Um, it's written by Des Dillon. Um, we've got a great cast and really looking forward to doing it. But it's different this time. We're doing it with uh, an all-female cast. Rangers and Celtic fan get locked in a prison cell together and they have to... Coexist. They've got to coexist, exactly. They have yeah. to coexist, and it's hilarious. The cast are unreal. I've got Dion Frati, Jade McDonald, and I can now announce that we have got Rachel Ogilvy playing the guard, which is a really important part because the guard is basically the referee for the whole Brilliant. show. Um, but they've also got their own story, which magnifies how stupid this all the bigotry is. Um, it's a laugh a minute, and just... Come along if you can, guys, and uh, support a fellow Celtic fan. My dog yeah. needs a new bone. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the link, again, is underneath the video. So absolutely get out there and support Jerry. Um, this here reminds me of a story. Mantis Toboggan, MD. Big Jackie was amazing for about two months when he first signed, and then he just fell off a cliff. Yes, that that's that's true. You know, he did. And I remember at the time, I didn't go and watch the reserve games. I know that uh, Lawrence Conley did up at Barrafield. But I do remember getting told, or I might have even read it in a letter, although it might not have been printed in the Celtic View, maybe not the View, about Jack and Oski. And at the time, Bobby Lennox was a reserve, a man from your part of the world, Jerry. Bobby Lennox yeah. was a reserve manager. Um, and he was shouting instructions to Jack and Oski, who at the time was playing for the reserves. And Jack and Oski turned around and swore at him or something like that. And you know, whoever overheard it was disgusted that a player like Jack and Oski would, would treat a Lisbon lion with such a lack of disrespect. And, I, you know, again, it goes back to players not applying themselves properly. Uh, Jack and Oski could have been a hero. We needed a hero. Now, this is on the back of missing out on you-know-who, who went and signed for Rangers at the time. We needed him to really apply himself. He didn't really do it for long enough. But then I remember he signed for Bristol City. And in that Bristol City team was Andy Cole, who recently told everybody he was a Celtic fan, which is great. Um, and he scored a couple of wonder goals in the first couple of months of his time at Bristol City. One of them was televised for the FA Cup. Check it out on YouTube. He goes on an amazing run, scores an absolute blinder of a goal, and again, disappeared as soon as he finds the nightclubs in Bristol. I'm not sure what the nightclubs are called in Bristol, but he found them, Jerry, and his <laughs> form suffered. Yes, so we're about to sign another player, uh, by the way, we're not really selling uh, Legia Warsaw very well, are we? Anyway, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Miroski will be better than Jackie. Uh, so there we are. Thanks, Hopefully everybody. 
Yeah, why not? This is it. Please drink responsibly, ladies and gents. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. Uh, Later on tonight, if you enjoyed last week's effort, we will be back with a wander round paradise. At the moment, I'm doing it myself. I'm sure as uh, the thing develops, it will turn into like the Vindaloo video. Remember Fat Les, with everybody getting involved and shouting abuse at me. Uh, There was three guys actually in Glasgow, and I I don't know if they were just getting home, Jerry, at the back of nine this morning, but they seemed a bit uh, lively in the background. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Uh, Subscribe to the channel if you enjoy what we do. Give us a wee thumbs up, and we'll see you again tonight at six o'clock. All that's left for me to say, Jerry, Taylor, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.